hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hey, Courier Nation. Welcome back for another week. And uh, before I go any further, I just want to wish you just a wonderful and blessed Easter time. And uh, it's kind of an unusual Easter season to put it very mildly. I'm a little later putting this out and actually really late uh, for it's kind of late on a Saturday night. Uh, I wanted to get it done, though, before Easter Sunday. And um, and I've been kind of dragging my feet on doing this one just because of what this is all about. I've just been kind of trying to wait to get more information, and it's just not coming out. So I thought, I'm just going to go with what I've got here. And the whole topic today is, can you get unemployment for doing delivery for Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Postmates, any of the gig companies? You know, how how is this new stimulus package going to affect us as drivers, um, a lot of drivers are kind of wondering, especially ones that have had to take the time off or decided to take the time off for safety's sake. Um, gosh, there's, there's just a lot of questions about that. So I want to try and dive into as much as I'm able to find out anyway. We'll talk a little bit about that whole unemployment thing. And normally, unemployment is just not something we're able to take as independent contractors. Um, we don't fall under that same umbrella as employees and nobody, none of us are paying unemployment insurance and there are no companies that are paying that. So that's part of the reason that these companies are uh, one us as independent contractors. So they don't have to pay those kinds of taxes and fees. And so ultimately since we're self-employed, nobody else is going to make the decision as to whether or not we continue working or not. So it's not like somebody can just lay us off, you know. But when this stimulus act package was passed and the CARES Act, uh, one part of it was this pandemic unemployment assistance and and that was something that was designed to kind of expand to people that normally can't take unemployment. And that includes self-employed and gig economy workers. But we're a couple weeks in, and I think we still don't know really much more than what we knew when when the act was first passed. So let's talk a little bit about this whole thing. First of all, let's just kind of look at unemployment itself. The normal unemployment, under the standard unemployment structure, we just would not qualify. We're not employees, and we're operating as a business, so we're really no different than the store owners or, you know, the little plumbing outfit or the mom-and-pop telecom shop that I was part of for years or that, you know, bar owner or restaurant owner. Because here's how it normally works. You know, a business that has employees, they've got to pay unemployment insurance to the state for each of their employees, and they pay federal unemployment tax. And these payments help fund the benefits that are paid to employed individuals or unemployed individuals. I mean, employers end up paying about $420 a year for the uh, federal unemployment tax or FUTA or FUTA, F-U-T-A, and uh, which is 6% of the first $7,000 in wages. And then they've also got state uh, taxes that can vary. Um, I think I saw in Colorado, it can be between one and about 7% or so of the first $13,000 that somebody earns. And uh, every state varies a little bit. 
But like I said, that's one of the reasons that these companies don't want us as employees because there are those unemployment taxes. There's all sorts of different uh, extra costs that go beyond just the wages. And so they're trying to get out from under that. Now, when you qualify for unemployment, when somebody is let go, there are certain circumstances then that they can claim unemployment benefits, and usually they can get like a percentage of what their wages were. You know, the federal government says um, that you've got to be unemployed through no fault of your own, and they go on to explain that this usually means it's because there's no work available. And you've earned a minimum amount of money over a certain period of time. It can vary by state. Usually it's like uh, you've worked four out of the last five quarters for a certain amount of time in each quarter. And then you may have to meet other state requirements depending on where you're at. In general, it just means that you just can't quit your job and collect unemployment. And you can't be you know, fired for cause. Uh, you can't be let go because of something that you did. And in most states, like I said, you know, you've got to work, you know, a certain amount of hours in uh, at least four out of the five last quarters. Some states vary. What that means is in normal circumstances, there's a lot of reasons you would not qualify for unemployment as an independent contractor. Because, you know, the main one is we're not employees. That's kind of an important one, you know. But the thing is... You know, let's say if a store owner or a tradesman, they go out of business, they can't take unemployment either. Uh, that's part of the risk, I think, of running a business instead of being an employee. And that's something that we've got to kind of understand when we sign up for these gigs. And, and you, that's why you got to understand what it is to be an independent contractor. When you sign on the dotted line, it says, hey, yeah, I agree that I'm an independent contractor. Did you pay attention to what you're signing? You know? But the second thing is, we don't pay any unemployment insurance. Now, I think there are some states now that a self-employed person can choose to pay unemployment insurance, and then they can get under that. But, uh, you know, I, for most of us, I, I know at least where I'm at, I don't pay anything. And I guarantee that Grubhub and DoorDash and Uber Eats aren't paying any kind of unemployment insurance on me. Finally, you know, I think maybe the most important stipulation is that you're separated involuntarily. It's something that you didn't decide to do. You can't just quit. And it's got to be something that, you know, it wasn't your decision and it wasn't based on something that you did wrong. You know what I mean? And that's that's the hard thing right now about unemployment. And I think it's one of the things that makes this whole thing a little complicated, even now that gig workers can be can take some unemployment under this new stimulus, because you know that's the thing is you still have to make that decision not to deliver, and you know maybe the one exception might be as if you know one of these companies were to close up shop in your market, you know that's that's one area where there is a change that is involuntary, but otherwise we're having to make those decisions ourselves, you know. And that's just kind of hard to really make that case when you're the one calling the shots. Now, some states are trying to get gig workers covered by unemployment. Um, well, it goes beyond that. They're just trying to make us employees. You know, California passed uh, AB5 legislation last September. We've talked about that a lot here. It's been on the website a lot. And essentially, it's a set of guidelines that says, hey, this company can or cannot 
use an independent contractor in certain circumstances. And, and that's what it was all about, was trying to define. AB5 does not specifically say that somebody is, all it does is it defines who can use an independent contractor. And then, of course, the companies can challenge it, which is basically what's going on right now. You know, all these companies say, well, we fall under that. But, you know, that was the thing is that the bottom line is, though, when they made this legislation, if if you follow the rhetoric and rhetoric, whatever you say that, you know, potato, potato, rhetoric, rhetoric, um, if you follow kind of the way that it talks, you know, especially the person that was kind of the lead of that whole thing. You know, I follow her on Twitter. Or I, I see her pop up every once in a while on Twitter. And, and you can just tell that it was all aimed at gig economy. It was all aimed at Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and all these companies. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons that they might have some trouble with getting that thing to uh, hold up because there's, I think, some discrimination where it's kind of geared at one set of companies and not at others. And uh, there's exceptions for others. But, you know, the whole thing is their whole thing was trying to make gig workers employees. And honestly, I don't know how much of that is aimed at really trying to make things better for the workers and how much of it is more of a power grab about, you know, some money for the unions, how much of it is about getting tax money, unemployment insurance, all of those things. All of that's probably another discussion for another time. Now, last November, New Jersey fined Uber $649 million for past unemployment insurance and disability tax fees and some interest and penalties. And the State Department of Labor assessed those fees, but it hasn't been settled by the courts or anything yet. It's kind of one of those things, again, where you have one entity that has said, oh, hey, you, your people are employees, but it hasn't been settled by the courts. The companies can still appeal. There's still a lot of room to kind of fight that and everything like that. But I think there's a bigger deal and one that has really gone under the radar, and that's in New York State. Uh, just recently, here in the past couple of weeks or so, the state of New York, their highest court, their court of appeals, which is basically their version of the Supreme Court, they ruled that a Postmates courier was indeed an employee. Now, all of this stemmed from a about a five-year-old unemployment claim. Somebody that was let go or deactivated by Postmates, and they filed for unemployment. And it's just been going through the courts here for about five years, and they finally made the final decision, and they said, yes, this person is an employee. Now, this is huge, folks. This is, I think this is a lot bigger than AB5. And the reason that I say it's bigger than AB5 is this is a final, this is the highest court in the state. It's a final decision. There is no room for appeal. And the thing about this is that... Uh, the uh, the reasoning that they use for making that decision is a uh, it's reasoning that applies to all of the delivery companies. Uh, it probably applies to Uber and Lyft as well. And the thing about it is, you know, it's 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 case law now. You know, it's it's like you've got this decision. It's a precedent. And so even though this was an unemployment case. It really does apply. It's the kind of thing that here's a final decision that really can determine an awful lot of things. Um, things like whether or not somebody should be getting overtime or uh, minimum wage claims, uh, um, 
uh, family medical leave claims, all sorts of different things like that. So this has got some huge implications. And I'm just, I'm amazed. I'm, I'm totally amazed that it has flown completely under the radar. I hardly hear anybody talking about it. Now, maybe I'm wrong for giving it so much attention, but I think this is, this is one of the biggest things to hit our industry. And most people don't even know what's out there. So that is something that you got to think about here is there are a lot of states that are really trying to make this push. And uh, you've also got on top of that, you've got PRO Act, which is federal legislation that's trying to kind of copy AB5. And ultimately, the whole idea is they're trying to say these companies should not be using independent contractors. I'm not going to weigh in on that right now. I, I've got reasons that I think that yeah, you know what? These companies are exploiting that independent contractor status. I don't have any doubt about that at all. At the same time, I don't like that kind of legislation because it takes, I guess I am weighing in, aren't I? But anyway, I don't like that kind of legislation just because it takes away our rights to be independent contractors. And I don't like, I don't like something that also gets in the way of your right to actually run your business and different things like that. You've got a lot of people that are being hurt by AB5 that uh, they probably never realized were going to be impacted by this. I think they thought they were going to go after Uber and Lyft and uh, get all that money from them, but didn't realize what they were doing to freelancers, to musicians, to actors, to all sorts of people. And so that's kind of the problem sometimes when you go out and you try and save the world. You end up trying to save a lot of people that don't feel like they really need to be saved. You know what I'm saying? But here's a question about all of this, and that is, what do they base unemployment on? You know, um, here's the deal. I know that there have been some complaints that in some of these states where they're trying to allow gig workers to get unemployment, uh, there are some claims out there, but the claims are being held up. And part of the reason they're being held up is the companies are not providing earnings information for these companies. But, you know, the thing about that is, you know, part of it is stubbornness on these companies. They are fighting it because they're trying, if they provide that information, that's them admitting that their people were employees. And so in that regard, they're not going to do it. But the other side of it is, how are they supposed to report your earnings? Because your earnings are based on um, your your money coming in minus your expenses. And how are they supposed to know your expenses? Okay, That's the problem when you've got people that have been working as independent contractors because you've got some people that they drive a ton of miles for what they're doing and there's really no earnings. And you've got other people that, you know, we don't put a whole lot of miles in for our deliveries. And so you've got a lot more in taxable earnings. But these companies don't know how many miles we've driven. You know, Uber Eats and Postmates and Grubhub, they can use their GPS and track our driving. They can do that. But the problem is what happens when we're multi-apping? Because uh, I do that all the time. I'll, I'll have two or three different apps turned on at the same time. Well, if I've got all of them tracking my miles... And so all of them then report this information into the unemployment office. Well, what happens is, you know, I've got miles that are duplicated and triplicated and quadruplicated, and I don't think those are words at all, but they are being reported in. And, okay, you know, what happens is total expenses that are being reported are a lot higher, which is great for taxes, you know, but I can't use that information for taxes. 
but it's not so good for unemployment because your unemployment is based on what your wages are. And if you had a whole bunch of miles and because of they don't have a way of actually knowing which miles you drove for Uber Eats and which ones you drove for Grubhub, you know what I'm saying here? Do you get do you get where the problem is with that? And so it just really makes it a tricky thing when it comes to this whole thing of trying to identify um, what somebody's actual earnings are. So this is this is a lot of the problem with using gig workers when your overall income is based on your expenses. We're the ones supposed to track that, not these companies. And so, yeah, that just it makes it real complicated. And that's just now that's just getting into kind of the normal for un, unemployment insurance. But now, what about unemployment eligibility for us gig workers? Under the CARES Act, you know, the COVID-19 relief, the stimulus package that was, paced, that was passed. And on the surface, it looks like we might be able to get some unemployment money on top of that $1,200 per person stimulus money. But the only thing is, nobody really knows yet how that's going to work. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, there was an article in the New York Times that they reported some concerns about the criteria that would be used that, might still make it difficult for self-employed people to claim benefits. And what they reported is that the language in the bill basically stated that they needed to kind of use guidance from what's uh, called the Disaster Unemployment Assistance Program as a model. What they said is that under that earlier program, though, and this is a quote from the article, under that earlier program, workers indirectly affected by a disaster, like a supplier of baked goods to restaurants that have been destroyed, often have difficulty getting benefits. And the process typically requires filling significant amounts of paperwork in a relatively short time. So in the end, if somebody's forced to stay home or close up shop because of shelter-in-place orders, they might have a little bit easier time claiming benefits, but what happens when what we do is considered an essential service here? You know, and this is where I think one of the big questions is. I think it's easier for Uber Eats and Lyft to be able to make a claim because so many of their customers are staying home and there's not enough business. But what about when you're doing delivery? And delivery is considered an essential service. Delivery service is up. I've heard things as much as up by 30%. What happens there, you know? And what about, though, on one side, we've got, okay, if there's medical advice, a doctor's order or something like that, you can make a case. If you're at high risk, if you've got somebody else in your household that's high risk, or you're doing caregiving, there's some different things like that. And some of the guidelines out there, they kind of say, okay, you would probably qualify. But what about the driver that just makes that decision that, you know what, right now it's just better to be safe and stay home? What about the courier who's, you know, he's finding out that or she's finding out that it's harder and harder to get orders because the market is so saturated with other couriers right now because that's one place that people can still go and make some money. So everybody's signing up for all these different apps. And that slows things down. The waits at the restaurants are getting ridiculous in some places. A lot of places, folks are starting to tip less because I think they've got less money. 
And it's just difficult to make as much money in a lot of places. So what happened then if they decide, hey, it's not worth it anymore. We're taking a pay cut and we're going out there under risk and it doesn't make sense. And the thing is that they've got to make that decision to stop. So under the old unemployment rules, they're screwed about that because they're the one making the decision. It's not that they're being laid off. And that kind of keeps you out of that, you know. Now, there were some guidelines that were recently um, released by the government. The Department of Labor put out some guidelines. And um, I'll put a link to those in the show notes. And essentially what they say is that covered individuals are those individuals not qualified for regular unemployment compensation, which would include us, for extended benefits under state or federal law or pandemic emergency unemployment compensation, including those that have exhausted all their rights to such benefits. Oh, so far, so good. In other words, they're saying, you know what, if you don't qualify for normal unemployment, you might still qualify for this special program. Okay, well, there's good news. They they went on and they gave a list of a lot of different things that really kind of say whether or not you qualify. And most of those are having to do, okay, if you were diagnosed, if you had doctor's orders, if you had somebody in the family that was diagnosed, if there were circumstances that just prevent you from being able to go out and do what you're doing because of the shelter in place orders, all those different types of things that say, okay, yeah, you qualify. Now, here's one that's going to impact a lot of you that if you've got kids at home now, and you're the caretaker, and there's no way of taking them in, you know, they're supposed to be in school, but now that they're home from school, okay, in that situation, you've actually got something that says, okay, you've got a reason to be home, and you're able to take that unemployment in that situation. But here's one of the uh, little factors, and, and this is the one paragraph that, that really specifically applies to us. And it says, if the individual meets any additional criteria established by the secretary for unemployment assistance under this section, the secretary has determined that in addition to individuals who qualify for benefits under the other criteria described above, an individual who works as an independent contractor with reportable income may also qualify for PUA, which is the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Benefits, if he or she is unemployed, partially employed, or unable or unavailable to work because of the COVID-19 public health emergency has severely limited his or her ability to continue performing his or her customary work activities and therefore has forced the individual to suspend such activities. And I'm still reading the quote from this. It says, for example, a driver for a ride-sharing service who receives an IRS Form 1099 from the ride-sharing service may not be eligible for PUA benefits under the other criteria outlined above because such an individual does not have a place of employment and thus cannot claim that he or she's unable to work because his or her place of employment is closed. However, under the additional eligibility criterion established by the secretary here, the driver may still qualify for PUA benefits if he or she has been forced to suspend operations as a direct result of the COVID-19 public health emergency, such as, this is important here, and I'm still quoting here, such as if an emergency state or municipal order restricting movement makes continued operations unsustainable. 
That's a big one right there. If it makes those operations unsustainable. So in other words, if the conditions that are out there as a result of this pandemic make it not sustainable to go out and do business, and so you're kind of forced to uh, close up shop, you would qualify for that unemployment. Let's break that down a little bit here. Now, the first part of this, well, a lot of it is just official-sounding mumbo-jumbo, and I'm sorry to put you through reading all that. But I think there's some interesting stuff in there, so it was, it was worth reading. But it's essentially saying that an independent contractor may qualify for benefits if he or she is unemployed, partially unemployed, or unavailable, or unable to work because of the COVID-19 public health emergency because it has limited their ability to continue performing their customary work activities and therefore force them to suspend such work activities. In other words, if the effects of the pandemic or the public orders related to the pandemic have impacted your ability to earn and have forced you to stop, you qualify. But the problem with all of this is how do you determine what exactly severely limited means, you know? I mean, if if you were making $25 an hour and now you're making 15, is that severely limited? Is that severely enough? You know, that's that's not defined. And um now they give the example in that paragraph of the driver, and that's what I mentioned there, the the rideshare driver. And they say that if it's made continued operations unsustainable, I think that's kind of a big one, you know. That one, I think, does help kind of make a case. It does provide a little bit of hope for drivers that do end up deciding to stay home. Now, how is that going to apply to delivery work, though? Because the problem is, you know, the part about the driver, the rideshare driver, that makes sense. People are staying home. There are few fewer people calling Uber and Lyft. And so the rideshare folks, they're just not making any money. And ride-sharing is down dramatically as a part of this. And so that one makes a little bit of sense. But what about delivery? Because delivery is booming, you know. And, and like I said, I think I've read stuff that uh, some of the companies are saying they're up by 30%. I'm surprised it's only 30%. But the thing is, while there's more deliveries out there, the other thing that's happening is you've got so many people coming out there and some people are still finding that the work's not sustainable. Because the problem is you've got more drivers signing on. The market is flooded with drivers and some companies. They're not doing anything to stop that. More drivers means there's fewer deliveries available for each individual driver. So a lot of drivers, they're reporting that a lot of restaurants are taking longer because of the restrictions around how many people can go into the restaurant. You know, you've got you've got a lot of restaurants that are drive through only and those lines are forever. So the deliveries as a whole might be up, but it takes longer. You can't make as much money in the same amount of time. And so it's very possible to get to a point where it's just not sustainable anymore. Now, further in the document, they kind of clarify something about using this Title 20 and it's, uh, it's CFR 625.5. I don't know what all that means, but I found the document anyway, and it provides self-employment and insurance guidance for natural disasters. And this is, I think, that language that I mentioned earlier that, you know, that was mentioned in the uh, Times article, and it just talked about using that as a precedent to help them understand. But in that document, they define more fully that lack of work or loss of revenue, and they said it has to result from lack of work or loss of revenues 
provide that prior to the disaster, the business, in the case of the self-employed individual, received at least a majority of its revenue or income from an entity in the major disaster area that was either damaged or destroyed in the disaster or an entity in the major disaster area closed by the federal, state, or local government in immediate response to the disaster. So in other words, if one of your primary customers or if most of your income comes from people or places that were damaged in that disaster, then that's that's a good cause to say, yeah, that was too much of a loss of revenue related to the disaster. Well, in our case, um, can we say that? Rideshare can say that because most of their customers are staying home. Their customers are impacted. They're not going to work. They're not going to all the places they need to go because of the shelter-in-place orders. So you could say their source of uh, income has been impacted by this disaster. Now, we could maybe say that, you know what, we've got a lot of restaurants that have been closed down. Well, is that enough to satisfy this? You know what? I'm, yeah, that, that's what I'm wondering. And this is the part that I don't know is the fact that a lot of restaurants are closed down. Is that enough to satisfy that requirement? But there are a lot of deliveries out there. The delivery companies are still going. And here's the other issue is our customers really are Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, or Uber Eats. And those companies haven't been impacted, I think you'd have a hard time making the case that they were impacted enough. You know, the bottom line is there's enough out there to say, yeah, we might qualify. And there's a lot of stuff out there that says we might not. And I think, you know, like I said, that this is the reason that I waited a while to to actually do this, because I was hoping there'd be a little bit more clarity. I don't think we're going to get clarity until we start seeing either a lot of people accepted or rejected. We start getting an idea of what's happening because right now I don't think the states know. Most of them still are not able to actually take claims yet. And so there's still a lot of unknown about this. And in the end, it really does come down to the state. I think some states are going to accept people for unemployment and others are not. And it just kind of depends on how much of a hard ass the uh, unemployment people want to be about this. Well, you know, so and maybe here's another question is, what do you do about applying? Now, some states are supposedly starting to accept applications as of the date of this article. Now, some states are saying you've got to apply for regular unemployment. You've got to be denied. And then you have to come back and apply under the uh uh, pandemic unemployment assistance thing, which is silly to me. I mean, it's just asinine, I think, to force people to go through that red tape. But I think it's a way of dotting the I's and crossing the T's for them. I don't know. I did find a very useful document that was put out by the Associated Builders and Contractors. I'll put a link in the show notes. I don't know how good that link is other than for stuff up through April 8th, because that was... That was the kind of as of date on this document. I don't know if they're going to update that document under the same link or if they're going to do any updates at all. And if they do the updates, will it be under a different link? I, I couldn't, you know, there was some stuff about the way that link worked that uh, I'm kind of afraid that it might be just a one-time thing. I don't know. But the thing that was good about that document was they, they gave us kind of a state-by-state listing of each of the different states and the benefits available. 
And at the time of doing this, you know, it was a status up to April 8th, but they listed whether or not the states were taking applications yet. And it listed the links of where you need to go for each individual state. So I definitely, you know, encourage you to go find that link in the show notes. We'll find that. We'll have that link on the associated blog post uh, that I always put up with these uh, episodes. And I'll, I'll have a link to that post also in the show notes and stuff like that. And I, I really recommend that you follow that. And, uh, you know, that, that will provide maybe some guidance as to where things stand with your state as of at least a couple of days ago. Now, each state is going to handle this differently. And like I said, you know, some, they make you apply, get rejected, and then reapply. Other states are wanting to wait until they know exactly what's going to happen. So should you even apply for unemployment if you're not delivering right now? And folks, I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. I don't know what the best thing is. I don't even know what the right thing is under this whole thing. You know, it's just been, it's, it's such a crazy time that there's, there's just no knowing on a lot of things. Now, if you've got good reason for staying home because you, somebody in your household have either been impacted or you're, you're afraid that you might be impacted or, you know, you've got the doctor advising you to stay home. I think you've got a good chance to say, okay, yeah, I can do it. But here's the deal. If you file for unemployment, it's going to be based on, you know, unemployment is a percentage of what your earnings were. It's going to be based on basically what is your taxable income. If you drove a heck of a lot of miles, in fact, if you drove to the point, you know, a lot of people brag about when they do their taxes that they had so many taxes or so many expenses, so many miles that they didn't know any taxes. Well, guess what? If you had so many expenses that you don't have taxable income, you're not going to qualify for unemployment insurance. And all of a sudden, these guys that were pretty happy about not paying taxes might not be so happy. You see what I'm saying? So there's a, there's a lot of factors involved with this. And there's no guarantees one way or the other. But I think the main thing is always, you know, be aware of your options. Be aware of other things you can do. You know, be ready for the fact that you may not get anything other than the stimulus money. And what can you do otherwise? And uh, there are some loan programs that uh, are opened up, you know, to small business owners, but also to gig economy workers. And maybe sometimes you got to do something like that to get you going by. Um, I don't have all the details about how that works. Now, personally, I made the decision to stay home. Um, but to me, it really wasn't because I was forced to, although I kind of see the writing on the wall that, you know, here's the one side was it wasn't going to pay as well because the market was so saturated, but also because I chose to stay home to take advantage of some other opportunities and do some things at home and let the dust settle on this thing a little bit. And part of it was a safety thing. Part of it was not wanting to bring it home to my family. But I didn't feel forced to stay home. And I think probably because of that, I don't think I would be able to very easily make a case that I qualify under what I've seen so far. But I don't know. You know, I don't think anybody does. I don't think even the experts know. I, I had uh, been contacted by uh, one news program that they wanted to be on, me to be on this town hall to ask a question of this panel of experts. And the question was going to be about this very topic. Um, 
It turned out that uh, they had uh, way too many people asking questions to be able to fit everybody in, and I got left on the cutting room floor. And maybe part of the reason that I, my question didn't get included when they uh, ran their program was because nobody really knows. Nobody knows how to answer that question yet. What I do want to ask you is, how is this impacting you? Are you going to apply for this unemployment? And and especially if you have applied, if you've been accepted, if you've been able to take benefits, or if you've been denied, I would love to hear about that. So shoot me a, a note over at ron at entrecourier.com or go over to the website, hit the contact section, and you can leave a uh, an email there or even a voicemail because I'd love to hear about that. In the meantime, folks, I just want to ask you this question as we wrap up today. And thank you so much for sticking with me. I thought this was going to be a little bit shorter than it was. and uh, But I'm also just trying to do this all in one take. So in some cases where I rambled, sometimes in the past, I think I'd probably kind of cut that off. But anyway, thank you for sticking with me through this. And I'd love to get your thoughts on this whole thing. Um, it, it's just it's such an unknown thing out there. I don't know a whole lot more today than I did a few weeks ago as far as whether you will qualify. We'll just wrap it up with that. In the meantime, though, I want to ask you a question. Has this website, has this podcast helped you at all? Because if it has, could you please share us? Could you let people know about us? Share us on social media. Leave a review on the the, the podcast sites like uh, Apple Podcasts and... uh, That helps people find us. And if more people can find us, that's more people we can help them to take control of their delivery business. One last thing I ask you to to do as I uh, wrap this up today, like I always do, and that is please take control. Sometimes it's hard to do. In the middle of this whole pandemic, everything just seems so out of control. It feels so weird to be on the eve of Easter and not be planning to go to church. Um, for me anyway, and it's just such a weird time. It just seems so out of control, but there are things we can take control. Look for those things, find those things that we can control and take it on, you know, and take control of your work and your business, of your, of your job as an independent contractor and never, ever, ever forget to go out there and be the boss.